with an obsession for helping financial advisors scale their practices by building teams that fulfill all promises made to clients, Jerry Tavella has lived it all. Growing Prosperity and Wealth Management alongside founding partner Marty Nackamson from a team of four to 21 members in under six years, increasing life insurance sales by 300% and investment revenue by 400%. Jerry's recently been named partner at Strategies for Wealth, a beloved world-class award-winning financial services firm that has invested in and supported the Prosperian Wealth independent team model. Thank you for joining us, Jerry. Kelly, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I invited you on my sales teams podcast series because you've been in every critical role required to successfully launch, grow, and scale high-performing teams, including protege, team leader, team partner, and adding to the list, GA partner. You have a passion for using specific questions to shift from a problem mindset to a solution-driven strategy. Explain your how versus who focus. Absolutely. Thanks, Kelly. I've had the uh, fortune of, of being an advisor and building a team, and now I get to spend most, if not all, of my time helping other advisors build and grow their teams. And the conundrums that they're constantly dealing with are these how challenges, right? Um, how can I possibly implement all these great ideas that I pick up when I listen to speakers, go to conferences, collaborate with other advisors? Uh, how can I be improving on my intellectual capital? I know that there's a requirement to improve my deliverables, the things I'm putting in front of my clients, my ideas. I know that I need to be improving on my processes to find efficiencies that are important for both onboarding new clients and serving clients that I've already brought on. How am I going to do all that while doing the most important aspect of the role that I play, fulfilling on the promises that I make to my clients to be their single point of contact? How am I going to grow new business silos? I'm constantly asked. I might be an insurance advisor and I'd like to build a wealth management practice, or I'm a wealth management advisor and I recognize there's an opportunity to help my clients either in business succession planning or estate planning. Those are all different business silos that generate different revenues. It's hard to find the time to build out those new business silos. How am I going to do all of this while continuing to prospect, spend time with my best clients? And if I'm successful in doing all of these things, how the heck am I going to retire or slow down? These are some of the how challenges that my advisors, the folks that I coach and work with, struggle with that are all important to address to properly scale and grow their businesses. So we simply turn the question on its head, right? And ask instead of how, but who? Who in your organization or who needs to be added to your organization to address a lot of these how questions? Kelly, it goes back to the idea that I'm sure most of your listeners and you are familiar with is should we be working on our weaknesses or should we be working on our strengths? And most of our advisors that are building businesses should probably continue as often as possible to work on their strengths because that's where they're generating their highest hourly rate, right? Their highest IRR for their time. And then delegate the things that they're weak at or don't necessarily enjoy to the various members of their team. So we're challenging our advisors to tackle the how issues with who. And the teams at Strategies for Wealth that are growing and, and building um, are generally comprised of partners or senior advisors, 
junior advisors that are building their books under the senior advisor's umbrella or brand, mentee advisors, often career changers or folks new to the business, investment specialists, various administrative assistants, either on the insurance side or the wealth management side. And then last, uh, through the protege role or the protege model, which has become so integral to so many uh, so many teams in our organization. I've seen so many teams get stuck because of the how question. And so when I saw your mindset shift from that to a solution strategy of who, I got really excited about sharing that with this audience. Now, Prosperian's growth has been exponential and your partner firm Strategies for Wealth has been a red hot incubator for eight other internal independent teams by applying their model. So you talked about protege. Explain the protege model, starting with you as protege and briefly touch upon the other roles. Sure. So <clears throat> protege role. Uh, I was given the good fortune of given an opportunity to enter this career, this field. Uh, right out of college, um, but admittedly not ready to build a business. Uh, I came from a very blue collar background. And while I had all the love and support possible to be successful, um, I didn't really have a reputation or people to call that could benefit from my services as a financial advisor or somebody in wealth management. So while I might have survived in the business, uh, I do believe that my success and the, the launching pad that I was given to be a protege to a very successful advisor um, really gave me my start. So the way I describe the protege uh, is somebody who aspires to be a financial advisor, but is first going to learn how to be an advisor by playing the role of promise keeper for a senior advisor. And what do I mean by that? If we think about our advisors having conversations with their clients, a lot of promises are made, right? I promise I will do this research. I promise I will build this presentation. I promise to do that analysis. And vice versa, clients are often making promises to their advisor. I promise to get you this document. I promise to schedule with you again next week. I promise to introduce you to my CPA for a conversation, right? The way I introduce the protege to my clients when I bring a protege in to meet with me and my client is that my protege is here to hold us both accountable to the promises that we're going to make. That's so important to the client experience, the advisor client experience, because it allows the advisor to be present in conversation with the client and not be worried about jotting down all the things that need to happen after the meeting. Clients love that. Protege is present, protege is taking notes. I noted here that the protege is a note taker, um, but ultimately the promise keeper. Now, from an education standpoint, that gives the protege a phenomenal opportunity to experience what actually happens between an advisor and their clients long before they're responsible or tasked with finding clients. So the protege is that promise keeper, that note taker. They become the liaison between what happens in the client experience and what needs to happen with the team staff or with other professionals. They often become the communication arm, writing emails, making phone calls on behalf of the advisor, eventually becoming a pinch hitter, serving clients that the advisor um, just might not have the bandwidth to continue to serve as they onboard a lot of new families. And frankly, the protege is often an accountability partner. When I started bringing a protege into my client interactions, I naturally performed better because I was performing in front of somebody 
who, uh, who knew exactly how the meeting was supposed to go. So I joined the firm as a protege and played this role for two to three years before I ever thought about onboarding my own client. And that gave me experience and ultimately credibility in my marketplace that was so important for me to build out uh, my own book. And it, it's another strategic thinking point. I, I want to pound my desk right now because what you're talking about is immersion, learning, and development. And there's no better way than to learn all the nuances in a sophisticated kind of consulting position that advisors are in. Uh, very impressive. Yeah, I would say learning and immersion, you know, exactly what you said. We call it graduate school, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be a financial advisor, just like in any other profession, your doctor, uh, you know, whoever it might have been, your lawyer, they went to some form of higher education or graduate school to be prepared to be that professional. The protege experience is graduate school for some of our up and coming advisors. And it was for me. Uh, most of our protégés are in that position for a year and a half to three years. They're present in all meetings. They're not behind the scenes. This is a front stage role. Um, it's not administrative. And ultimately, they're compensated through some percentage, and it ranges, although 10% seems to be the standard in our organization. They're compensated through the success of bringing on new clients. They share in a portion of the revenue of the senior advisor, which gives them uh, real experience in needing to drive results in order to earn a living, just like most of the advisors listening to this, to this uh, podcast. As I listen to you, I realize how important the trust is between this protege and the team leader and all of the members of the team as well, but also the ability and confidence to compensate them in a way that keeps that protege still eager to invest the time required to become a star. And this really is a superstar type of launch pad is what it sounds like. Absolutely. I don't think there's an entree into the business. It's better for a young person who thinks they might want to be an advisor, but is not ready to tackle their marketplace, penetrate their marketplace. They really need an experience to just gain, again, credibility and experience. And this model has allowed new people to gain that exposure, senior advisors and practitioners to grow with a new level of support they've never experienced before. It's a win-win. So show us how the team looks. You've got lots of people on the team or several members of this list you're about to share. And it, it ends up obviously with protege, but if you would go ahead and share that. Sure. So what we find in our organization and what was the case with Prosperian, the team that I helped regrow with my mentor and partner, Marty Nackinson, starting in 2016, is a situation where their senior advisors or experienced professionals may be sharing support staff in some capacity. So in this diagram, I show that there's a senior advisor or somebody who's built a nice book, maybe in both the insurance or asset management side of our business with some staff members, some team members that are really playing a support role to the senior advisor's business. What we're seeing is, and what Marty and I did, was we brought on a protege to essentially be the buffer, right? The buffer between join us in client meetings, communicate to the team and to other professionals what needs to occur, allow us to be in our highest 
uh, highest hourly rate activities, which is spending time with our clients, the protege is solving a lot of those how questions, improving process, improving intellectual capital, doing analysis, building presentations so that I can be in communication with my clients. So that's stage one, bring on the protege to support the efforts. But that's a temporary limited period of time because the protege is going to watch you onboard a lot of clients. And the protege after a year and a half to three years is truly ready to penetrate their marketplace, build their own book, and even serve some of your clients as a lead advisor. So as that occurs, the protege graduates to become a junior advisor and trains their replacement. So the team has grown pretty naturally over the course of here a couple of years. And that multiplies because the protege is eventually this new protege. The second protege will also graduate to become a junior advisor. Now, all of a sudden, there are two or three advisors on a team building their books, supporting their clients, sharing in team resources. It makes it easier to maybe bring on some of those more challenging positions, such as career changers or mentee advisors. We're struggling advisors that need a better environment, but that's exactly what occurs when the protege model frees up a senior advisor to do what's most challenging or most important to drive revenue. And what we saw at Prosperian was when it was myself, Marty, our original protege, Ben, and one team member through ben, through my evolution and then Ben's evolution, our team multiplied from four people at the end of 2016 to 21 people at the end of 2021, before I was given the opportunity um, to partner with my new partners at Strategies for Wealth in this general agent capacity, helping other teams do the same. And what I would say, Kelly, is this is not a formula that's worked once and that was great. Yeah. We've been able to replicate this formula at Strategies for Wealth more than a half dozen times, closer to eight or nine times with team leaders advisors trying to get to the next level, taking on a protege, growing, multiplying, expanding, scaling, which is what all teams want to do, and growing through this, this protege model. You know, I remember Marty saying that in order to do this kind of scaling, you have to commit to a system and process that everybody uses the same thing. It's Even though it's entrepreneurial, there's certain things that cannot be moved away from. Absolutely. You know, for any team to grow, bring on a partner, a junior, a mentee, even multiple staff people. What I constantly say to an advisor that's looking to grow their business is for a team to be successful, there must be one clearly definable and easily repeatable process, or else you're going to be reinventing the wheel every day, every week, every month, and scale and growth will be a heck of a lot harder. That's the thing that stops, I think, most very successful advisors from going to the next level is that piece there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You also talked about this protege is not an admin person and don't fall into that trap because you'll shoot yourself in the team in the foot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, a protege is not going to become the junior advisor or potentially even your partner someday. If they're stuck behind the scenes, doing paperwork, completing applications, doing ACAT transfers, just building models, they need to experience the front stage aspect of our business, which is watching a professional interact with his or her clients to see what it really takes to show empathy, right? To connect, um, to do all the 
qualitative stuff that's important in our business, not just the numbers and the uh, and the uh, the account movement stuff, if you will. When we talked before, you also mentioned how the sometimes the protege gets requests to do the work for them versus the team leader, meaning they actually bond with the protege. And so talk about that ego piece. You know, how do you guys work through that? Or your partner, obviously, Marty, um, he he was happy about that. But well, I know that there's going to be people listening who are saying, wait a minute, that's my precious client. To me, that's success, Right. If I've put my junior advisor or protege in a position to serve my client in a way that is meaningful, right, where I'm not always needed, then we've built a business that we can scale, right? I can't be so indispensable or my time is limited, right? So I want to train and develop a whole bunch of mini-me's. And that's what the protege model is allowed. And now all of a sudden, on any given team, there's not one, but two, three, four, five of me running around. Time just expanded pretty dramatically. So that's that's the goal. And when it occurs, when a client starts emailing up particular junior or protege or another advisor on the team, we want to give people the freedom to connect with people in a way that is, because uh, this is the connection business. This is a very personal business more than anything else. So if somebody's more comfortable being served by another member of my team, um, Letting ego get in the way is only going to allow for, only going to create a whole bunch of challenges. Is there anything else you'd like to add about the independent teams model for an advisor considering joining or starting their own team or an agency leader wanting to launch or expand this model? Yeah, no, absolutely. I tell all of my advisors that want to build the next Prosperian or Tempest or Tiger Eye or Opus or Cambium, all the teams that we have in our organization. Um, I tell all my aspiring team leader advisors, hire before you think you're ready, right? The investments that I've made in people or before you think you can afford it, the investments I've made in people have always yielded a greatest, the greatest rate of return or the greatest dividends than any other investment that I've made. And if you're really not ready because you don't have the revenue sources or, the re, or, uh, or, or frankly, the, the, the capital to do so, Consider partnering with another person in your organization who runs a similar process, has a similar way of being, a similar philosophy of care. Create a process that you can both live by and share a protege. We've seen that happen more than once. And many of our teams that are growing and expanding started by just a couple of advisors in the office that hung out together outside of work. They cared for each other. They were similar. And they formed a partnership that will lead to really growing teams. Beyond that, you've already touched on it, Kelly. Be generous, right? Both with pay and opportunities. Don't be afraid to give clients to your junior because that's going to create an opportunity to you for you to find the next client. And then last, and I say this all the time, I don't care if you're hiring an admin or certainly when I'm hiring a protege, somebody who's going to make Forty to seventy thousand dollars in their first year, right? Supporting me and my business, we hire them with the mindset of, or the question of, could I see this person being my partner someday, right? Assume that that entry level position, that recent college graduate, is going to be successful, is going to build alongside of you, is going to contribute to the growth of the team, and will be your partner someday, and pick those people out 
right? Don't assume this is a short-term gig because if you think it's not going to work, it's not going to work. The important thing about what you just said is most people know this and they hear this, but it stops at the knowing. <laughs> it doesn't extend into, okay, I'm going to sacrifice some things and give up some things so that I can move to the next level. One of my mentors who you know, Kelly, he always said, hire slow, fire fast, right? Take your time, find the right person and, and hire that next junior hoping, thinking, believing that that person could become your partner someday. Yeah. I've been fortunate to work with Strategies for Wealth for the, over 20 years and watched them just jettison into the stratosphere in terms of growth. That's how I know they're beloved. And your mentor is someone that I is also, I've worked with him for a long time, which made me really happy to work, you know, have this podcast with you. Every leader of high performance, Every leader of high-performing independent teams that I've spoken with, including you and Marty Nackinson, has given much recognition to their agency leaders and the partnership with Home Office. What have been the most valuable things they've done to support your firm and the future of teaming at Guardian? Yeah. So now as a general agent and working with team leaders, this is a question that I'm considering constantly. How do I provide the right amount of support and then allow these team leaders to be the entrepreneurs that I know that they are, right? Because entrepreneurs want to build and they want to create. So it's a balance. But our general agency and our home office does a phenomenal job of offering the right amount of training, development of our new candidates, teaching the things that I could teach, but could also be taught behind the scenes. Much of the learning of a protege or junior advisor is going to occur in the client experience, as we talked about. But there's a lot of things that need to be learned behind the scene, right? And taught behind the scene. And as an agency leader, that's how I'm supporting my team leaders, teaching a lot of the blocking and tackling systems, processes, um, uh, softwares, et cetera, again, behind the scenes. And we're sourcing. We're sourcing candidates to team leaders after having consultative conversations with our team leaders around who they need to tackle their how problems it's the agency and home office's responsibility to go find those people and create um, uh, you know, lists of candidates for the team leader to interview and see if they gel with. After that, it's finding the right time to get out of the way, right? Because our entrepreneurial advisors and team leaders, they naturally want to build and create something that's theirs. They want autonomy. That's why they're in this business. So what's the right level of autonomy for them to create their unique culture on their team that will make them very proud and for the future members of their team to, to really, you know, invest their heart and soul, um, you know, into. I love this analogy. I did not create it. It was one of my partners, um, but I view strategies for wealth as the, the university, right? The big university that we're all proud to be associated with. Um, and all of our various DBA teams are the, uh, the fraternities or sororities, if you will all feeding into the university with that same level of love, but all with their unique love for their brand, their culture. And that's the environment that we look to create at Strategies for Wealth. That's a terrific analogy. So on that note, Jerry, thank you for generously sharing your unique journey and well-earned success on building high-performing true teams that deliver impact, results, and promises to all of your stakeholders. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. <laughs> 
For leaders watching this, what would it mean if you could build and grow high-performing sales teams within your firm like Jerry Tavella and his partners are doing at Strategies for Wealth? As you know, leading a high-growth team or business requires strategic focus and action, and it should also be energizing, fun, and rewarding. When business isn't going as expected, which all leaders face at some point, everything gets harder. Click the button below to book your strategy session where you'll gain specific intelligence on exactly where to focus your efforts to improve the performance within all of your teams. If you want to learn more about Prosperian, go to prosperianwealth.com. For insights on strategies for wealth and Jerry Tavella, look up strategiesforwealth.com. To subscribe to more podcasts like this, visit macaulayandco.com forward slash podcast and sign up. I'm Kelly McCauley, president of Macaulay and Company, where we help good leaders become great through high-impact leadership and team coaching that delivers measurable results. Jerry, I know our audience has received high value from our time together today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Until next time, keep leading yourself and your teams to higher levels of success in all areas of your life.